Welcome to Ten Talk, an offering of Center for Self-Care. This is Mark Balser. Each Ten Talk investigates a meditation-related topic and is paired with a Sunday evening live online meditation session. I invite you to listen and join us this Sunday at 9 p.m. Simply visit www.center, the number four, selfcare.com and navigate to the Meditate for Self-Care link to learn more and join us. Thank you. I'd like to start today with a poem. It's called Walk Slowly by Dana Faltz. It only takes a reminder to breathe, a moment to be still and just like that. Something in me settles, softens, makes space for imperfection. The harsh voice of judgment drops to a whisper, and I remember again that life isn't a relay race, that we will all cross the finish line, that waking up to life is what we were born for. As many times as I forget, catch myself charging forward without even knowing where I'm going. That many times I can make the choice to stop, to breathe and be, and walk slowly into the mystery. Hello, this is Mark Balser from Center for Self-Care. I'm glad to see you here today. Frankly, I thought the title might scare you off, but it's too late. So Jack Cornfield tells a story in A Path with Heart. It comes from the Buddhist tradition, and it's of a young man who wanted to become a monk. Training a monk is no small task, so the teacher must ensure each person is serious. This particular young man shared his wish, but the monastery gates remained closed to him. They needed to know he was serious. But the young man sat outside the monastery and meditated for several days. One day the gate opened and he was welcomed. He embraced the teachings like no other. An earnest passion for the teacher's teachings got him to the front of the line, the top of the novice monks. But as the teachings became more complicated, he became frustrated. One night, he left the monastery under the cover of darkness. When the other young novices woke up, they were terribly, terribly upset. What will happen to him? They asked. Will he never find peace? If he can't learn from you, great teacher, will he ever learn it? The great teacher paused and then said, it's too late. And the novices were dismayed. But the teacher continued, it's too late for him. He sat quietly outside the monastery for many days and then joined us in intense practice. This simple fact means that there is a seed inside of him about who we are and what life is all about. This seed is our true nature. And by coming here, 
this seed has begun to sprout. No matter how hard he tries to forget, no matter if he returns to his old ways and old life, sooner or later, the seed will grow and guide him on his true path. Just the fact that you are listening and watching now suggests to me that it's too late for you as well. Which brings me to meditation. Translating Pali and Sanskrit to access the teachings of the Buddha can be a bit treacherous. The word bhavana has often been translated as meditation. In turn, meditation is sometimes misunderstood to mean little more than closing one's eyes and emptying the mind. Far from it. In fact, a better translation of bhavana is actually cultivation. It de denotes a development through intentional and purposeful practice. When I tell people I'm a meditation teacher, a typical response is, I just can't meditate, I can't sit still, or I've tried, but I just can't clear my mind. So there's often a misunderstanding of what meditation is all about. But the goal of meditation is not to become calm or relaxed, empty of thought while meditating in a quiet, dim, serene space. I argue instead that meditation is a way to practice being with what is and then bring it into the world, noticing what arises in our experience and exploring with a curiosity instead of a judgment about how we are doing. Jack Kornfield has said, the point of meditation is not to perfect yourself, but to improve your capacity to love. The developing science of neuroplasticity tells us that intentional practice literally changes the brain. With mindfulness meditation, we often use an anchor, which we return to when we become distracted. So that might be the breath, the body, sensations in the body, or sounds of our environment. In fact, the more we become distracted and return our attention, the more practice we're getting and the stronger our connections in our brain are being built. It's been said that the neurons that fire together, wire together. And like with physical exercise, we can build our muscle of attention with mental exercise. This practice helps us move from our stress response, that inherently human fight or flight response, to a relaxation response that engages our wisdom, our reason, our intuition, not to mention our morality. I have found meditation makes me less reactive. Now, don't get me wrong, when I'm meditating, trying to observe my breath, I'm just like anyone else. I get distracted with a thought, an emotion, a sensation, and I find myself far, far away, both in time and in space. But the more I practice, the more I find that when I'm out in the world and I get angry, impulsive, or frustrated, I can actually catch myself and respond more thoughtfully instead of reacting out of habit. That's why I practice meditation. So we don't practice to relax or empty the mind, but to cultivate so that when the harvest comes, we will be ready. Some years ago, I participated in a five-day meditation retreat. 
There was one student who arrived early each day to get her seat in the front row, but she really didn't have much to say. As the retreat was coming to a close, she raised her hand. She described how she had been introduced to the practice of RAIN many years ago. RAIN is an acronym that stands for Recognize, Acknowledge, Investigate, and Non-Identify, or Nourish. She did her best to practice RAIN, but often did it in the wrong order, forgot what the acronym stood for, or forgot to do it altogether. It wasn't doing anything for her, so she stopped. As she was relating the story, she paused for quite some time and tears came to her eyes. Then she declared, something terrible happened and it was there for me. So whether you're coming back to a meditation practice or trying it out for the first time, when we come to stillness and silence, our judgment machine turns on. It's inevitable. You might even tell yourself it's too late and be serious about it. But it is too late. Just keep going. Something will happen. We don't have to do it exactly right or meditate every single day, although that helps. There's a seed growing in us and it's there to serve you. How will you nourish it? It may have been neglected for a very long time, but it's always there to come back to. We can always begin our work again, starting where we left off. So thank you for listening. As always, visit us at www.center4selfcare.com for more resources, events, and other programs. Thank you.